recorded live, Union Inn, Washington, D.C., 1112, 1114, 3rd Street, Northeast Side. We are Steps to Noma at Metro. Nice, brisk walk to Union Station and a leisurely jog to the Capitol in Capitol Hill. As you already know, I am the illustrious Innkeeper Freddy, host extraordinaire. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Guest Book Podcast. New for season two, all our guests get intro music. I've been trying to get this beautiful young lady on the podcast for a very long time. And she's finally here, and you all are going to be blessed with her lovely, lovely, lovely audio voice. Ayana, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Why did you choose this song? Funny enough, um, I was listening to a podcast, <laughs> and um, I can't remember. I think it was NPR Cold Switch, and they had Ernie Isley talking to Chuck D about the Isley Brothers' version of Fight the Power and um, Public Enemy's version of Fight the Power. And the song came on, and it just it gets you hype every time. Like, gives you just so much energy. Um, and so then you had just asked me, like, <laughs> what song I wanted. So I was like, oh, this is a good one. Yeah, 30 years ago. Yep. Time flies. Mm-hmm. It really, really does. Everybody else is getting older, but for some, for some reason, I'm just so <laughs> young and fresh. <laughs> it's all the podcasts you listen to. <laughs> Keeps you young and vibrant. Mm-hmm. So you are originally from Salt Lake City. I was born in Salt Lake. How long did you spend there? Uh, until I was six. Okay. What do you remember? What do I remember from Salt Lake? Yes. Um, I remember we there was a girl across the street named Echo. And <laughs> I remember uh, our next door neighbor, who we is still a, a family friend, um, used to spoil me, like, at, like everything. She's probably about maybe 15 years older than me and a white woman. So maybe I, I was a kid and she's like 20 something. And we used to go around and tell people we were sisters. <laughs> Did she have any children? Uh, she, yes, she has a, she has a lot of kids um, now. At the time? No, at the time she didn't. No. Got you. So you moved from there to where? Orlando. Okay. Mm-hmm. Town of um, 98 degrees. Is that right? I think so. And of course, O-Town. Yeah. And Ross Paget, shout and to you, Ross Paget, episode two. And your favorite, Smiles and South Star. Smiles and South Star, <laughs> yes, indeed. I couldn't remember their song, even if it was like put right in front of me. Me either. Uh, but I know there was a there was a good ten day period. I probably rocked out to one of their songs. Orlando. Mm-hmm. Does everybody in high school in Orlando at some point work for Disney World or or Universal Studios? I never worked for Disney World or Universal Studios, so no. But a lot of people do. Okay. Yeah. What about golf courses? Um, I'm sure. Yeah, country clubs. Country clubs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of golfing out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you remember from Orlando? 
Orlando. Um, Orlando's a great place to grow up. Um, I had a very diverse friend group. So you have people there from, and when I say diverse, I mean black, but <laughs> Jamaican, Haitian, you know, Guyanese, um, like. Blurds and thugs. <laughs> all under one happy rainbow. Yeah, very. Um, so it was a great place to grow up. Okay. Yeah. So during high school, did you all go on road trips to like the Everglades and Miami and St. Augustine, Jacksonville? No, funny enough, I never went to Miami. I don't think until I was in college. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But like, do you mean with school? No, I mean oh. like your friends. No, okay. we didn't do any road trips. Not even to Tampa? No. Okay. Was it were people doing road trips in high school? We did a, a trip from you know Silver Spring. Mm-hmm. We had like four cars. We rented two houses in Daytona Beach. Oh, we went there for a week. Fancy during our spring break with this no was ad- senior year with no adults. No adults. No, my parents were having that. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When I was a senior in high school, I um, this is the most trouble I ever got in. Uh-oh. I was a senior in high school. And I already knew, like, I got accepted to college. I'm going to be in college in, like, six months. And my parents were going out of town, and my mom was like, you're going to go to my friend's house so that she can babysit you for this weekend while we're out of town. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. Wow. So, yeah, there was no road trips and renting houses you in high snuck school. You out? Um, I plead the fifth. <laughs> See, we're not getting the whole truth. That's what's happening. <laughs> All right. So you went to another Florida school. Yes. Uh, post high school graduation. Mm-hmm. Where was that? Uh, the Florida A&M University. The. Yes. Fam you. Fam you. Fam. God damn you. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Tallahassee, Florida. And we were. You know, at the time, it didn't seem like it, but we were blessed enough to actually uh, be there during the 2000 recount. Mm. What do you remember of that? I remember um, for, it's like my first time voting in a presidential election and then all that. That is true. Yeah. Yes. And then all that hanging Chad stuff happened. Um, I remember we went to the Capitol. I, don't, I think we were just being nosy. I don't think we went to protest. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of crazy. I remember... You remember Omari? Omari Peeler? No. Okay. I remember we were uh, watching CNN when mm-hmm. this was happening. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, man, this is history, yo. Let's get on TV. <laughs> we literally went just to where to find, find the TV was. Just to and, stand behind and the cameras. And ironically away. walk in front of one of the cameras in the shot. Silly. So if you look at B-roll with, there with Andrew Gillum, you'll see your boy Freud. Over there, being his 20-year-old self. 20, right? Yeah, 20. Mm -hmm. 20-year-old self. Yeah. Still look the same, by the way, because I listen to a lot of podcasts, which we'll get to in a moment. But during her time at Florida A&M, she also partook in a trip that is quite enviable for a lot of college students, even now. It's called Semester at Sea. Oh, yeah, I did do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the story behind that is actually um, interesting because you were supposed to go 
like a year before i applied earlier um and i got and i was put on the wait list yeah yeah and, and i then, cried my eyes out yeah i remember that <laughs> and then you went the next year mm-hmm. and you were all gung-ho mm-hmm. so what are some of the fun things that you did oh my goodness um, it was just an amazing experience. I don't know if I could just boil down to, you know, but for people that don't know semester at sea, it's um, you get on a ship, you're on the ship for the whole semester. The ship is set up like a university. So you have um, student union, you have classrooms, library. While you're sailing, you go to class. And then when you're in port, you don't have classes those days. You just go out, explore. Um, the only rules are don't leave the country and don't get arrested. And it's it's funny because for us Americans, don't leave the country. Well, duh, but <laughs> you might be in like Monaco or something, right? right? So, right. Um, but where do you leave from? I um, each semester is different, but I left from um, I left from Miami actually because I was had work study. But then we went to the Bahamas, and then everybody else got on the ship in the Bahamas. So the main embarkation for everyone was the, the Bahamas. Yes. And then where was the is it debarkation? Is that disembark? Disembark. There disembarkation. you go. Uh, Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. So we left the Bahamas in January, and uh, ended up in Seattle in May. Wow. So that was yeah, it's a good four and a half, five months. Yeah. People say a hundred days. That's like three and a half. Let's see. Yeah. End of okay. January, beginning of May. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. And so when in traveling around the world. I guess you went around the southern tip of Africa? Yeah, we went to South Africa and Mauritius. Okay. What about India? We went to India. About South Pacific? Uh, no. Okay. Australia? No. Would you like me to tell you where I went? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> see, so see y'all are going to y'all are going to get that beautiful audio voice sarcasm all throughout this podcast sarcasm. it was uh, would you like would you like would you like me well to i'm you? just saying we could play this guessing game for a long time <laughs> so left from the bahamas went to cuba mm-hmm. brazil south africa where in cuba havana okay mm-hmm. um brazil uh bahia cape town south africa port louis mauritius i never did the the <laughs> i just usually do the countries all right mauritius india chennai um, Vietnam, uh, South Pacific, Ho Chi Minh. Okay, you're messing me up. Cuba, Sorry. Brazil, South Africa, Mauritius, India, Vietnam, Singapore, Hong Kong, China, Japan. Okay, where in Japan? Um, Osaka. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what was the longest you were at sea between countries? I think it was at the end, going from Japan to Seattle. Okay. I think that was a few weeks, maybe. And that was when your thesis was due. Um, I think we had finals then or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And what was the longest you stayed in one country? Um, we didn't stay anywhere longer than maybe like five days or so. Okay. Yeah. What are some of the standout experiences that you had? Standout experiences. I know you jumped from a plane, right? I I did go skydiving in South Africa. Okay. Tandem, uh, nine thousand, nine thousand feet, I think. Um, so I'm a very, like, I'm a planner. I'm not a, you know, like, oh, let's just go see what happens, whatever. So one time we were in China. We're getting ready to go to China. Mauritius. 
both actually but basically people would just be like oh do you want to come with us my friend E he's like Ayana do you want to come with us I'm like where are we going he's like I don't know I'm like how are we going to get there he's like I don't know like what are we going to do he's like I don't know do you want to come or not (laughs) and then I, I would go and then I would have the time of my life um but that's just very out of character for me yeah so since semester at sea mm-hmm. have you had any moments like that or was that the, you just got it all out on that trip <laughs> no i have um so that was like semester at sea was 2002 i graduated from fam 2003 so in 2004 i had time to kill before i started my job i went to ghana um and i went there by myself uh but had a lot of those moments um during that trip i stayed for like two months and had a lot of you know just like "Mm, go with the flow see what happens whatever and do you feel that was kind of by design like your design or by design of just how people operate out there i mean i had to be open to it gotcha yeah okay yeah you said you were in ghana how long two months and you were in uh accra accra there you Mm -hmm. go where else in Africa have you been? I've been to six African countries. Um, South Africa and Mauritius was on a semester at sea. And now Mauritius is the small island to the north of Madagascar, correct? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then I went to Ghana. Um, and then Liberia, Ethiopia, and Rwanda. I did Rwanda and Ethiopia. I, I, no, sorry. Rwanda and Liberia, I went on a Kiva Fellowship. And so I was in there for like four months, three months. And then in between, I just was in Ethiopia for a few days because I had a layover. And then when I got to the airport, I was like, hey, can I stay here? They're like, yeah, you can stay for like three days just on your layover. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Kiva Fellowship, what is that? So Kiva.org, you could go to Kiva.org right now and make a loan to someone um, pretty much anywhere in the country, I mean, in the world that Kiva operates. And so let's say there's a a, a, a woman who has runs a market um, in Liberia and she's looking for like a $500 loan so that she could, uh, you know, increase her inventory or something like that. You can give $25 towards that loan. Um, so it's like a Kickstarter micro loan. It's micro. Deal. It's micro lending. Yeah. And the way that it works is that Kiva partners with microfinance institutions in those countries. Kiva is like a funder. Um, and so I was in those countries in Liberia, in Rwanda, working with those microfinance institutions, basically teaching them how to do Kiva. OK. Yeah. Oh, OK, so you were working on behalf of Kiva. I was working. Yes. On okay. behalf of Kiva with the microfinance institution in the country were there any i guess businesses that you invested in yourself not personally no okay yeah is that a lot like prosper um it's a lot like prosper in that a lot of people are putting into one loan uh but yeah okay so another thing that um i've known about ayana in the years we've known each other is that she is very 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 uh budget conscious and <laughs> fruitful with her dividends um so it's a polite way of saying it no i mean you you bought your money <laughs> like for and that's that's good thing i'm not mm-hmm. there's no no shade at all about mm-hmm. this 
So that said, what are some of the apps or websites or investment vehicles that you are involved with right now? Um, so things I use to manage my money or like yes. investing? Like Acorns, say, for example. Do you use Acorns? No. Okay. Um, do, do you know what Acorns is? No. It's like they, they, they take your purchases. And they round it up. They round whatever. it up and whatever okay. that amount is, they throw it into an account. But you can't determine what it is. It's right. like all you say is I'm risk averse mm-hmm. or I'm risk heavy. Okay. And it, there's like three tiers. Okay. And that's it. So, um, you know, I do like my retirement uh, 401k type or whatever. And then for the rest of my savings, it's in like, you know, online banks that get higher rates. But what I've been doing lately is something called ground floor. Um, ground floor is kind of like prosper um, in that a bunch of people are putting in on one loan, but they're real estate loans. Um, and so it'll list the property. It'll assign a credit rating to the um, usually the company that is um, getting the rate. So it could be, you know, ABC, whatever you get an interest rate. It'll tell you how much skin in the game those people have. It'll tell you, you know, loan to value, loan to value, what the after repair value is supposed to be. So all that information is on there and then you can make a decision. Um, I don't know what the minimum is that you have to invest. Now, are you investing in the company or are you investing in a specific? Real I'm estate in that deal? specific real estate deal like okay. that. And I have the address I can look up and see, you know, what do I think about the area or whatever? So that's yeah. like uh, what the Miller brothers do over uh, guys from Western Development. Mm hmm. Uh, Fundrise, like that, right? I'm not familiar with Fundrise. Is Fundrise real estate specific? Yeah, it's kind of like a, I won't say Kickstarter, because you don't get your money back with Kickstarter, right? It's kind of like just you're donating, right? Right. Yeah, so they were one of the first movers in getting the whole tech platform for people to be able to invest in real estate deals. Mm-hmm. And so then you go on Fundrise and basically they have a whole list of properties that you can invest in and they have the whole you know, presentation deck and investment metrics and all that stuff. The interest rate you're going to get when they plan to get in, get out, all that stuff. Uh, and it seems like, but why did you compare it to Kickstarter? Oh, uh, okay. So the idea that of crowdsourcing money mm-hmm. for things, okay, for the most part online, that was Kickstarter. There Kiva was way before Kickstarter. You are correct. <laughs> you are correct. Yeah. Um, but Kiva's not so much investing. Um, yeah, but you're you investing in a business and not a deal. Kiva? Yeah. It, it's not investing because you don't get a return. You're doing it out of the goodness of your heart. You get oh. your money back, but oh, you, don't get, you, you don't get you don't get an interest. Oh. Yeah, okay. you don't so, get a return. Yeah. Um, so it's better than Kickstarter. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kickstarter, they're like, we'll send you a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's just, you know, if you're trying to help somebody out, it's a platform for people to do that. But the way they formalize the ability for people to be able to get a measurable return and know what they're getting into going into the deal. Okay. And it seems like that's what this is. What's the name of it again? Ground floor. Ground floor. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so is it residential deals, commercial deals or anything Residential. Okay. I've only seen residential. I don't think they're doing commercial yet. I'm sure they will. Okay. Yeah. So, and I've watched it for a really long time because I got burned by Pros- Prosper. Actually, really? um, I was a Prosper lender like really early on, mm. and then they had a bunch of loans default. I don't really know the backstory. They went away for a long time, and then they came back. 
and they they email me every month like oh this is your statement i'm like i don't have anybody there <laughs> so somebody told me about ground floor probably like five years ago and it was initially only open to georgia investors mm. um and so i watched it for a really long time and then i, I just started doing it last year okay was this prosper mm -hmm. 2009 time 2009 to probably i don't i don't i, I think it was earlier than that because okay. i feel like 2009 i was leaving atlanta um and it was it was earlier than that all right you going yeah. to the super bowl no <laughs> you done with atlanta no I, I like atlanta but i'm not trying to go there where it's crazy like that yeah i went there for the i was on the text chain with my boys the other day uh talking about how atlanta during the all-star weekend in 2003 mm -hmm. with 50 cent mm -hmm. like he had the whole city on lock and it was crazy like the city just could not handle it <laughs> and now you're talking about bringing the super bowl there yeah but the super bowl has been there before and then there was a murder yeah. yeah i also went there for the olympics in 96 oh yeah yeah cool and there was a bomb threat so but i'm sure that happens prayers to atlanta for this weekend yeah, but you know, hey, you know, Killer Mike mm -hmm. on Trigger Warning mm -hmm. said Atlanta is like Wakanda. Do you think that that is a more correct statement than not? Um, Atlanta is a good place for black people. I don't know if it's like Wakanda. Did they have poverty in Wakanda? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they did. Well, I mean, there were, I mean, we can't opine on this the 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 living, no, living situation rich. that people were. I mean, there were people selling stuff on the street. I'd venture to guess that oh, if if true. you like had a life goal, it would not be to sell stuff on the street. This is true. Yeah, but you know, I don't knock anybody's hustle, and I don't yuck anybody's yum. But I digress. Take a shot. <laughs> uh, so. We're going to get to podcast, I promise you. Uh, and this is our segue. So you're part of the Bodega Hive. Yes. Um, I'm a day one, I think, is what they call us. Day one, okay. Mm -hmm. But as a day oneer, <laughs> to, to tie this into uh, the real estate investing we were talking about before, there's someone uh, that the Bodega Hive, I wouldn't say has beef with, but uh, has not necessarily had a smooth sailing with. That uh, you recently snuck off <laughs> to a seminar. Oh my goodness! To um, hear what this person had to say. Iffy, iffy, iffy. <laughs> yeah, I um. So he did a real estate seminar. Um, first I listened to. He has a podcast with his wife. It's um, they talk about everything, but it's mainly a relationship podcast. Okay. So in that. Um, he's been promoting this real estate seminar um, and I'm pretty I'm fairly well versed um, in real estate investing. Oh, so you were a spy for the Bodega Hive. I get it. So the reason that I went to the seminar <laughs> was not necessarily for the knowledge that they were, you know, the presentation, but really just like. I want DJ Envy to be my real estate mentor. So I went, <laughs> I went to shoot my shot, to shoot my mentorship shot at DJ Envy. Um, 
and then also his business partner was there um who's really kind of like his real estate mentor um and so i didn't really shoot my shot at him but he could also be my my mentor um but i went mainly for relationship building yeah Did did you meet anyone that was in the audience um i met somebody as i was leaving uh but i'm really looking for um the thing that like is stopping me from jumping like both feet into or back into real estate is just kind of like a a confidence thing so i really i'm looking for someone who knows significantly more than i know gotcha so so for for listeners at home to understand um Ayana has already invested in real estate before. You were actually part of a real estate group. Yes. Where you and I want to say three, four, five other investors uh, got together and purchased a number of properties in Metro Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so, and from by all accounts, it went well. Yes. Okay. So what is your apprehension about going forward now? Well, I had a lot of help at that time um from your partners yeah yeah from my friend carlos he uh also famu but before we started investing together he already had some rental properties himself um from that investing he also had he had his own license for a while Uh, i just felt like he was like he was the he was the head of the guiding force yeah Yeah. so he he had a, a bit of an infrastructure in place to where things were a bit more plug and play than they are right now. I wouldn't say plug and play. I would just say I I took comfort in knowing, um, you know, if we're making a decision, and he chimed in, then I felt more confident about the decision. Gotcha. Yeah, this is a problem not only in real estate but just in life for me. <laughs> that I'll just you know analyze something to death until I've talked myself out of doing it. So, yeah. um, I. I thoroughly 100% agree with you. Mm -hmm. I have been having conversations like this with my guests at the house since I began doing this. Mm -hmm. Telling somebody before I started, well, I really started really getting, interacting with the guests in 2015. Mm -hmm. And it took me three years. To start a podcast. To start a podcast. And I've been talking about it for a while. Mm -hmm. Just because I don't know how to edit audio. And what about the mics? And where am I going to set it up? And how crazy is it gonna be that I tell people, "Hey, I have a podcast." People are gonna think that I'm crazy, and then they're gonna leave, and they're not gonna lose money, and this mm-hmm. is gonna be horrible. It's like sometimes you just gotta jump out there and do it. Exactly. So, uh, I have faith in you. Thank you. You'll be good. You don't need to jam me. Stay they got. I mean, Deesis has been on that since day one, I, right? On what? His parents. Remember, they bought like a a a, a ten unit apartment building in, in, in the Bronx? Bronx when it was burning for. They said he said like ten thousand dollars or something like hmm. that, something crazy. Hmm. And I mean, as for, I know he doesn't talk about it that much, but I bet you, like we're talking about how you know, uh, what's his name? Mero has his kids and he's going out and doing stuff and yeah. great. He's living a life out in Montclair, New Jersey, whatever. This is making the same amount of money. Yeah. And I, I would not be surprised if he owns a Think multifamily so? building in every borough. I don't think they're okay. You're right. Staten Island is, you know, <laughs> it's kind of out there. But you think they're making that kind of money already? Showtime. The show didn't even start yet. Okay, they're still in advance. All right. 
I mean, they had to get wooed away yeah. from Vice. Vice. Yeah. Who wooed them away from Complex? Uh, Complex was done, but I feel you. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think they they play it down, and mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, mind you, I'm not counting anybody else's money or anything right. like that. Yeah. I'm just thinking about it from the standpoint of me visualizing where no, I'd I've, like to get to. I I think they're doing quite well for themselves. I just New York real estate is not cheap, so uh, a, a a building in every borough is. I don't think they're there yet. So, one of the reasons why I wanted to get Ayana on the podcast is because of all the people that I know, she listens to and is more aware of and has more critical knowledge than anyone I know of podcasts that are out there. So when I hear about a new podcast, I kind of run it by her and say, (laughs) hey, you heard about this? She's like, no, 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 I'll follow it. And she'll come back and let me know what she thinks. Like, technically, like, yeah, you know, their levels is too high. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that critical. I'm more about content. Yeah, but I I shouted you out on an episode not too long ago uh, about uh, The Read. Mm -hmm. That was one of the um, question number two. Someone's answer, The Read. Uh, with Crystal and Kid Fury. Yes. You were one of the first people to talk about that. Do you listen to the read? No. You're not their target demographic. No, I'm not. Neither am I, but I enjoy it. I, you know, I saw Crystal mm-hmm. on Drunk History. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I, I'd chill with that girl. Yeah. So what are some podcasts on your radar right now? Oh, um, now I feel like I have to get out my phone. Yes, you do. So something that i've listened to this podcast just started oh my there's so many to name but this podcast just started it's called oh dear now i don't even know it's about elizabeth holmes no relation sure (laughs) yeah she's a a stanford dropout who started a company called theranos oh yeah i keep seeing that on uh, itunes oh my goodness um and what what year is this? It looks like 2015, like around that time. And then she was like the youngest self-made billionaire or whatever. But it was all a scam. And basically, she was just like, I have this idea. Give me money. And people gave her money. It sounds like the Firefest. <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched the documentaries yet, but yes. Um, so that's crazy to me. Uh, there's a podcast called American Scandal. They have short seasons. Every season is about a different topic. Um, this one right now is about Exxon Valdez um, oil spill, which is surprisingly very interesting. Um, so this is the one that happened in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. Then one of their seasons was about New York uh, politics, New York local politics, mm. and so they went all into like Elliot Spitzer and yeah. and all that. That was really interesting. They could do that about any local politics in any major city. Yeah. It'd be crazy. Chicago would be an interesting one. Yeah, it would. Probably. Um, Windy City. I don't know. I feel like you got to give me categories and then I'll have to be like, okay. I like true crime podcasts. Inter- interviews. Interview podcasts. Um, long form is oh, one. Yes. Where they, yes. <laughs> they interview writers. Yes. Um, long, long form. I don't. Short list mm-hmm. of podcasts. Okay. Long form is on it. I listen to them to try to get better as an interviewer. Okay. It's a well-polished conversation between two professionals. That's why I like that podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, long form, I 
it, it depends on who the who the guest is. I don't listen to every long form episode, but I'll just like read the little blurb and be like, mm, this sounds interesting. They've had Tanahasi on there three times. Yeah, I think he's one of the most. Yeah, not the most. Yeah, I think that's how I first found them too. Like I might have just searched my podcast app for Tanahasi and found that. Yeah. Um, and what was good about it was they got Tanahasi before Between the World up. and Me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they got they got him. Between, they got him before between, between the world and me, mm-hmm. right after between the world and me, and then Tanahasi as Obama's guy. <laughs> so they they got that whole. Yeah, it's really good. I miss Tanahasi. He left Twitter. Now I feel like I don't I don't get to see him very him. often. I don't blame him. Yeah, it was they well, did him dirty. You, you can read comic books if you want. <laughs> He's doing the Black Panther, and, and they're yeah. like really, and they're all for sale at the National Museum of African American History and Culture. Our comedic podcast the read um what a, oh last name basis is a good one it's um francesca ramsey do you know who she is no she uh she did this is her her when she blew up um shit white shit white girls say to black girls it was on youtube like a long time ago but okay. um she has a show mtv decoded Okay. It's like a web series, but anyways, her and her husband have a um, a podcast, and that's pretty good. Um, this is Amiro, of course. Uh, what else? Bodega Boys. Bodega Boys. What else? What other comedy shows? Uh, my brother has a podcast. It's called So What You Saying. Your older brother. Or your my older brother. brother. Okay. Yeah. It's called So What You What. So What You Saying. And he's in Salt Lake, right? Yeah, he's in Salt Lake. Okay, so what's what's his podcast about? Um, they drink. <laughs> And shoot the shit for for you know hour forty five minutes yeah but it's 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 a comedy cop podcast I ain't mad at it mm-hmm. at all uh, what about news podcasts news podcasts I listen to uh, Fresh Air okay. that's usually pretty topical um, I listen to NPR Code Switch another comedy podcast is called Mortified. Mortified is adults getting up on stage and reading from their childhood diaries in front of a live audience. Um, <laughs> so it's pretty funny. <laughs> I would go to that. I would so go to that. I'd bring. I'd bring one of mine too. Bring one of your what diaries? Yeah. Uh, I've tried reading my old diaries or journals, and it's mortifying. So, <laughs> and that's just reading it to myself, not in front of a live audience. So when you say mortifying, mm-hmm. did you find yourself like, oh my God, more than laughing at yourself? Yeah, definitely. Really? Because mm-hmm. you, you, you were kind of taken back there at that point? Yeah, no, it's just like, I don't know. When you're a kid, everything is just like so major, like. And then now, when you look back, you're like, why were you worried about this stuff? Like, who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Okay. Um, one last type of podcast. Uh, so you said funny. You said news. True crime. So these are like serialized podcasts. Um, the true crime podcast? Correct. Um, some of them. Yeah. So there's like... A, in the Dark, which is really good. They did two seasons. The first season was about the kidnapping of Jacob Wetterling, 
who was kidnapped at nine years old from, I can't remember, in the Midwest. Uh, and actually, I don't know if it was coincidence, but at the time that the podcast came out, they just found the guy who did it, and it had been like 27 years. Um, so that whole season was about that. The second season is about um, Curtis Flowers, who was tried six times for the same crime. Yeah. But double jeopardy. So he gets tried. It's either a hung jury or he gets convicted, and then the conviction gets overturned on appeal. So in that. And then when the conviction gets overturned on appeal, he gets retried. Um, it's in Texas, some small town in Texas, same DA. And the main reason that it gets overturned on uh, appeal is because he kicks all the black people off the jury. So it's, it's usually all white jury or like one black person. Um, and so now it's about to go to the Supreme Court. Um, but... Um, Curtis Flowers? Curtis Flowers, yeah. yeah need, Look yeah, it up. In the Dark is a podcast. The but then um, another one is uh, My Favorite Murder, which is a true crime comedy podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, in that one, every episode, they're talking about different cases. Yeah. Okay. Um, are there any podcasts that you listen to on a regular basis? Not just mm -hmm. in your feed, but when it comes up, you listen to it. Mm -hmm. From any uh, either celebrities mm -hmm. or celebrities in the podcast world um do i listen do i listen to any podcast hosted by celebrities yeah so when i think about like bill simmons okay uh bill simmons is a heavyweight in the podcast world okay but i wouldn't consider him a celebrity outside of okay. the podcast world and then you have people like uh say joe rogan mm -hmm. who was a stand-up comedian in his own right mm -hmm. and uh mma fear factor all that stuff so he was known and still does a great podcast okay are there any people with a name that you listen to and the reason i'm asking that is that i feel uh, there are a number of people who have a name that they're putting out an okay product mm -hmm. but it may not necessarily be a a quality podcast but if you're at that level of celebrity and you still are putting out an AAA quality podcast mm -hmm. you're probably doing something right uh the the first um sorry true prime podcast wrongful wrongful conviction is a good podcast also okay all right so the first thing that comes to mind when you're asking that is um Malcolm Gladwell's podcast revisionist history it's really good. Um, I like the first season better than I did the second season. Now, does one season stay on a central topic, or does he jump? No, okay. he jumps around, yeah. Um, but other than that, I can't think of anyone. I, I downloaded a few episodes. I don't know how this came on my radar, but um, Conan O'Brien has a podcast. Mm. Uh, actually, he was a guest. He's a huge like true crime aficionado, so he was a guest on My Favorite Murder and they mentioned that he had a podcast. I just went through and like looked at who his guests were and downloaded um, a Bill Burr episode, because I like Bill Burr, and uh, Will Ferrell. Yeah. Okay. Um, but not anybody. Janet Mock had a podcast for one season that was pretty good. Um, I can't think of anybody else famous. Okay. Before I 
go to the seven questions. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go through my podcast role looking at them and call out some and see if you've heard of them. <laughs> Do you listen to Pod Save America? Not re- religiously. Okay. Uh, 99% invisible. No. Okay. Death, sex, money. Yes. Freakonomics radio. No, but I should. Yes. So <laughs> what's interesting is that I randomly came across Freakonomics radio. Mm-hmm. And each time I've listened to it, I've been uh, pleasantly surprised at how interested I was in listening throughout the entire episode. Mm-hmm. There was one episode they did about Trader Joe's. Okay. And it was called Should Trader Joe's Run the World? And it really broke down why Trader Joe's holds such uh, people are like Trader Joe's loyalists. Yes. Mm -hmm. There you go. Uh, Yeah, I used to listen to that podcast. You know, I think I listened to too many that my app crashes. Wow, and it and then I'll have to start all over and just like resubscribe to stuff. So then sometimes, you know, it'll be months, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot all about something, so wait, <laughs> and I have it, to resubscribe. It crashes. It crashes, and then I'll bring it back up, and it'll say, "Uh, we're rebuilding your library." Now, are you downloading episodes, or you- yeah, sometimes. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I know that if there are podcasts on here, I believe that if I don't look at for a given amount of time. Mm-hmm. But to be like, all right, we're taking this out of your feed. They don't take it out, but it'll say like, hey, are you still listening? You haven't downloaded it in a while or something like that. Okay. Yeah. LeVar Burton reads. No, but I've heard great things. I've had two people on the podcast already mm-hmm. that have, that's their answer to question two. Oh, okay. Um, long form, modern love. Not anymore. Okay. Planet Money when they do play new episodes. Mm-hmm. Slow Burn. Yes. The first season was about Clinton, right? The first season was about Nixon. Nixon. And then Clinton and about Clinton. Okay. I really liked it just because I grew up, I was in high school when mm-hmm. this was happening. Mm-hmm. And so I. Was it high school? It was earlier than that. It's like early 90s. Late 90s. Oh. This is like 96 and 98. Okay. Um, Did you watch? There was a A&E, I think, had a documentary series. It was really good. I think I did. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I, I remember thinking how candid Monica Lewinsky was during there. Mm-hmm. In a good way. Mm-hmm. Old Faithful, Stuff You Should Know? Uh, no. Okay. And my brother tells me I should listen to that, too. It's a really good podcast. Yeah. The Daily? No. Joe Rogan? Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> How come we don't have any podcasts in common? <laughs> so, Joe Rogan, it's very alpha male. Mm-hmm. But I listened to an episode of his, I think, because he had a, um, I think it was a Corey Pegues, or he had a, a police officer on there who was very critical of the police and just kind of saying and so i listened to that episode but i didn't subscribe tim ferris you listen to that tina ferris tim ferris the guy who wrote four hour work week no 
he's he's like whereas Joe Rogan is is alpha male, he's like alpha accomplishment type stuff. He's coming out with a book or something called Tribe of Mentors mm-hmm. and everybody just makes you feel like you ain't done nothing with your life. Yeah. That's what I don't need at this uh, moment. At this uh, juncture. Tony Kornheiser? No. Uh, but that's just a local DC thing because he used to have a uh, AM. He used to be on AM 980 mm-hmm. and have a show, Tony Kornheiser show from like you know this is before, pardon the interruption. Uh, and so it's very DC based. Mm-hmm. He's an old Washington Post uh, writer. The Watch, on the Ringer, Andy Greenwald and Chris Ryan. No, they basically cover television uh-huh. and film. So if there's a movie that's coming out, okay, or a prestige TV show that's coming out, I'll listen to their thing because they're they're they used to write for Spin and Rolling Stone and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing I really like about their podcast is that as two people, uh, their voice tones mm-hmm. complement each other well. You typically want somebody that's like between an alto and a soprano, okay, and someone who is a tenor. Yeah, I wouldn't pay attention to that when I'm listening to the bo- a podcast. Gotcha. Tiny desk. Uh, sometimes. Okay. And uh, I haven't listened to this one, but every time it comes up, I see the, the titles. And I'm like, oh, bookmark. I'm going to listen to that at some point. What's that? What Trump can teach us about con law. Con? Uh, constitutional law. Oh, no. So it's, it's really interesting because one could argue that, you know, the silver lining of having Trump as president is he's exploiting all these i don't say loopholes yeah it's like it's like when you um read the back of the shampoo bottle and it's like don't drink this bottle of shampoo and you're like who the hell is drinking bottle of shampoo why did they feel the need to print that on there trump is like exposing all of the rules that we didn't even know that we needed to make like (laughs) you know what i mean yes yes it was just like yeah, so, so ridiculous. Hopefully, uh, actions will be taken to shore up the things that we didn't even know that we needed to know about. Early. Mm-hmm. That sounds interesting. I'll check that one out. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for seven questions? I'm not. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> What's the call, what? y'all? It's the questions. It's the questions. Wait, it's the questions. It's the questions. Yeah. Question number one, uh-huh. book to add to the library. I'm going to go with Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. Okay, what's um, it about? So Brian Stevenson is the founder of the Equal Justice Initiative. That's the folks that put the um, colloquially known as the lynching memorial in Montgomery, Alabama. Okay, yeah, so a uh, brief 30-second pub about the lynching memorial because mm-hmm. I've heard about this on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. Well, there's in Montgomery, Alabama, there's a a um, oh, now I wish I knew the exact name, but there's a museum. He opened a museum and then he also has the, a memorial. So uh, in the memorial, there is a, uh, I guess, a pillar, you can call it for each county and printed on the pillar is are the names and the years of people that were lynched. Um, and so there might be a pillar with one name on it and there might be a pillar with a hundred names on it. Um, I, I went, I think in October and sometimes you'll see a pillar with, you know, 50 names on it on the same day and then you'll Google it and you'll be like, oh, there was a, a big, um, 
massacre in this town because, you know, folks were trying to vote or folks were trying to, um, uh, you know, they took over a town and um, burned businesses to the ground and kicked all the people out or whatever. And then the um, the museum was really, really good. It starts, uh, it starts, I think it starts with slavery and then it just kind of goes all through the ages through to um, mass incarceration of today. Because Brian Stevenson, one thing that he uh, says is that uh, slavery didn't end, it just evolved. Um, and so, you know, it takes you through slavery and then uh, the 13th Amendment. And, and in the 13th Amendment, mm-hmm. it says, unless you're imprisoned. Right. Um, and so it's a it's a really good museum, really well done. And then the mor- memorial is also very powerful. All right, what's the name of the book again? Just Mercy. Um, His name again? Brian Stevenson. He's a he's a he's an attorney, and he um, he represents um, those who've been wrongfully convicted. But then also in his book, he talks a lot about um, people who they're guilty, but it's like someone who goes to jail for uh, fifteen years for writing a bad check or something like that and they wrote the bad check because their their kids were starving you know it's like that sort of thing and so just when you when you read that book you kind of you really drives home how um out of control this country is when it comes to mass incarceration um i think the statistic was between it was something like between 1990 and in like a 10 year period, there's a new prison every day or something like that. It's um, circular. It's, hey, let's incarcerate this person so we can get cheap labor. Mm-hmm. And in return, the person who incarcerated them more than likely has some sort of non-professional relationship with some person who runs the prison and uh, get some sort of uh, benefit, whether it's financial or... There's a documentary, I think, called Kids for Cash, and it was a judge who was sending kids, like, you get in a fight at school, and then he's, like, five years in juvie, and he was getting kickbacks um, for that. I think it was in Pennsylvania. But the quote I was talking about from the book, he said, between 1990 and 2005, a new prison opened in the United States every 10 days. And you think about all the people that are making money off of these prisons, like uh, the the people who are providing the food, the clothes, um, the people who are using the very cheap labor of the prisons, um, the the communications, like the phone, they charge like astronomical amounts for people to speak to their families. Like if you have someone locked up and you want to talk to them, it's not just a regular phone call. It's it's um, ridiculous. So it's very profitable. Um, and then. Uh, something else I was thinking about um, in Colorado you know they legalize marijuana yes and so they have these contracts with private prisons and now that marijuana is legalized not enough people are getting locked up and so like the state of Colorado is having to pay these private prisons like basically a penalty fee for not meeting um a, a capacity, quota. a quota for, for having people locked up. In, because in they use that labor to, say, clean the roads or something like that. We're, they're con- contractually obligated to keep X amount of people in the prison or else you the state has to pay this fine. The state has to pay. 
The state has so, to pay. Okay, for the so prison. the private prison is coming in and basically holding them hostage and saying, hey, we're going to come in here and build this infrastructure here to hold people. But the only way that we can do this is by having X amount of people. I mean, that's the rationale they give on paper. Right. And, and so if we don't, you have to meet that need because we're, we're providing a pseudo public need type deal. Right. So it's crazy, but it was a really good book. Very eye opening. Um, I probably should read it again. It's, it's one of those things that you want to, I would want to read every few years. DJ Envy comes up to you and be like, yo, so the new property type ain't multifamily <laughs> no more. I'm not it's investing prisons. in prisons. I'm not. Uh, to, to, wait, wait, wait. Before you hate, mm-hmm. ask yourself. No. Ain't I'm rich though? Can I look at myself in, my, in the mirror though? I feel you. Yeah. I agree. Number two, podcast subscribe. Just one? Yes. I would say my favorite podcast is a defunct podcast, but you can go into your podcast feed and pull up another round. Um, it is. Wait, these are two different podcasts? No, another round. Okay. Is the name of the podcast. It's a Buzz, BuzzFeed co- podcast. Uh-oh. Um, They're not doing too well right now. <laughs> Yeah, well, this podcast ended way before all this other upheaval at BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. But um, the two hosts, Tracy Clayton and Heaven Nagatu, uh, bought it out. And then they were like, oh, we're going to take a break and we'll be back. And then they never came back. <laughs> they will. So, so what's the um, premise of the that's podcast? My, that's my favorite. Well, it's called Another Round because they also are drinking. And um, uh, it, it's it's focused um the target audience is black women um but they talk about everything um and it was just very i don't know very soulful it's a com. they're funny women um but they talk about you know in your professional career they talk about relationships pop culture um just everything it was a great podcast okay yeah number three something that you didn't know that you needed until you got it mm I don't know. Um, I don't have this yet, but I just learned today that there's a cooking tool. <laughs> no, you have, no, you have, have to, to have, have it. it. You have to I have, have it. I have to have it. Something I didn't know that I needed until I got it. I guess heated seats in the car. Hey. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> That's a great way to start off season two. Yeah. Because straight up, when we have these 14 degree days, mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Yeah. Um. My last car was my first car with heated seats. And then so when we went shopping for a new car, I was like, I'm not even entertaining. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Seriously, though, it changed your life. <laughs> That's a really good answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm not joking. Oh, man. All right. Number four. Oh, sorry, real ahead. quick. I just found out that cars have heated steering wheels now. I had no idea. So that's my next. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I feel you. Uh, you know, that would be something that uh, next time I rent a car, yeah. and they're like, hey, Fred, would you like to hear Edie's steering wheel? So, you know what? Yes. Go ahead. I want to try this out. Yeah. All right. Number four, bucket list place to travel. This is a place in the world that you have been to that you'd recommend for the listeners to add to their bucket list. I would say, I would say South Africa. Okay. 
Any um, city in particular? Cape Town. Uh, it's a very beautiful city. Um, you have mountains and ocean right there together, which is something that I love to see. Okay. Um, just easy to get around. Like if you're not a, a seasoned traveler, you'll be fine in South Africa. Um, and so much to do. Tons of history. Um, like apartheid. Well, the last time that I went, I've been to South Africa twice. The first time was semester at sea. I only went to Cape Town. The last time I went in 2016, I went to Johannesburg. And that's where a lot of the Mandela history and stuff like that is. But in Cape Town, you can go to Robben Island, which is where Mandela was held. Um, Yeah, lots of history. Wine country. You can do wine tours. Um, Yeah, so I think that should be high on everybody's list. Seeing what we see in America currently, how the vestiges of slavery still have their ugly uh, roots that still have some sort of uh, oxygen or fluid running through them. As an African-American going to South Africa, do I need to be more alert than I otherwise would be? Um, I don't think that you have to be any more alert than you are when you're in the United States. Um, first of all, when you're an African-American traveling, um, you're seen as, as an American. Okay. So, and that carries with it some privilege. Um, so, you know, right or wrong, but that is the case. So you'll be seen as American, one. But um, definitely you see, just like you see remnants of, you know, America's history in America today, you definitely see that in South Africa, you know, just depending on where you're going, you might be in a restaurant and not see very many black people because a lot of the black people in South Africa can't afford probably to eat at that restaurant. Um, But one thing I will say about South Africa that I've been thinking about a lot lately is, you know, They had this constitution and they had apartheid and then they said, we're not going to, we're not doing apartheid anymore. Let's get a new constitution. And then the United States, we had this constitution and we had slavery and then we had Jim Crow. And then we said, we're not going to do that anymore, but we're going to keep everything the exact same. So there was no, there was no wiping the slate clean or like no new day. You know, um, South Africa, South Africa, they did the um, Truth and Reconciliation Commission. We've never had anything like that in the United States. And there were there were people in the South, I believe, that were compensated uh, for the slaves that they lost. Or, yeah. 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 Um, Seeing White is a good <laughs> podcast series um, yeah. seen on radio. But they did a series called Seeing White and it was really, really good. OK. Number five. 50 mile detour restaurant so basically if you're within 50 miles of this restaurant it makes sense to purposefully go to this restaurant I don't know um Del Frisco's and does it have to be double eagle or is it uh, you know the regular one I don't know the difference between them it has to be the one that has butter cake okay (laughs) Del Frisco's so really, it's the butter cake that you're really. <laughs> I love my ribeye anytime 
I go to Del Frisco's, but the butter cake is the star of the show. Okay. Mm-hmm. So have you been to Del Frisco's in D.C.? Yeah. So am I correct that you're talking about the one in uh, City Center? Is that Ninth and I? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a double eagle. What's a double eagle? It's like flagship. Oh, okay. Okay. Number six, your number one skill. My skill is my honed craft. Yes, this is something you've worked at. Not to be confused with my talent. Which is innate. <laughs> so, I'm really good at Excel. Okay. <laughs> Did you that's, have to work at that's it? That's such a boring skill to no, have. No, please. Um, you can do a lot with Excel. My first job out of college was investment banking analyst. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned a lot there. And it just proves to be helpful in have, any type of situation. No matter have you, you ever go. gone an entire day at work without touching the mouse? No. But I I mean, I'm good on the keyboard, like with the shortcuts, but no. Yeah. Are you one of those people that knows all the shortcuts, but then someone says, hey, wait, how'd you do that? You couldn't tell them? Yes. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pick up Excel just by virtue of working there? Or was there a training program that they put like a boot camp they put you through? No, just working there. And like standing behind somebody and um like watching them and i remember the, like you know like oh how did you do that whatever yeah and then you just like work like sometimes i catch myself on youtube like there's gotta be a way to do such and such you know i'm i'm the one that's on there's like message boards for excel <laughs> and then i'm like and then you like tell them your your situation it's not even english anymore <laughs> at that point yeah you're talking about commands and oh my goodness yeah that's crazy i remember when i was shown alt tab mm-hmm. that to toggle that's one that's one moment that like changed my life oh my goodness i'm serious that's funny the amount of times just in your personal life on a saturday when you wake up you're like you know what let's go to amazon because i want to buy some new pillows right okay. and you you know Right click, open new window, right click, open new window. Like you do a main search, mm-hmm. right click, open new window, all that stuff, right? And in fact, you can use control tab or alt tab. Mm-hmm. When you have 10 windows open, you've probably saved an hour of your day from the amount of times you would have used the mouse. You might be exaggerating, but okay. Okay. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, number seven, your number one talent, your voice. Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> I'm probably not going to listen to this podcast because I don't like listening to my own voice. You guys, how many people tell me that on this podcast? <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah. You have a good voice. Actually, it's not bad like in these headphones, but anytime I get on a microphone, oh, it's the worst. I guess the headphones are putting it directly to your ears, whereas you hear it on the monitor. I think the headphones, when you talk, you hear your own voice. So yes. in these headphones, I'm hearing that voice. But when you get on a microphone, it's it sounds totally different. You're like, who is that? Yeah. Okay. So, so you're going with your voice. Sure. Your voice that you don't like <laughs> is your number one talent. Um, talent owned proficiency. Yeah, sure. Because I can't think of anything else. Okay. So social media okay contact info website all that stuff what do you got let's see um if you go on facebook okay and you can search the hashtag ayana's podcast of the day um 
and it's I-Y-A-N-N-A. So Ayana's podcast of the day. And I don't do it every day, but um, you'll find a lot of pod- interesting podcast episodes. Ayana's podcast, like with apostrophe? Pod- no, you can't put apostrophe in the okay. um, so there, there is an S, though. But there is an S, yes. Um, so you'll find lots of, um, they're public posts, so you'll find lots of um, good podcast recommendations and just episodes that stuck out to me. Um, I'm on Twitter. Okay. I don't usually give out my Twitter. Okay. I like to be anonymous on Twitter. But I'm on Twitter. It's uh, Yanni Taught You, Y-O-N-N-I-E. <laughs> so instead of Yeezy taught you, it's Yanni taught you. Yanni taught you. Okay. All right. <laughs> what about Instagram? Instagram, uh, Yanni three thousand. Wow. <laughs> we ever gonna get any new music from the boy? No, I don't think so. And that's all right with you. I mean, it's part of his lore. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen. This has been yet another edition, but the first of season two for Guestbook Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a cadre of amazing episodes coming up. We're really leveling up here. You know, we're on social media now at Guestbook Pod on Instagram at Innkeeper Freddy. If you're cool enough to get a follow back from me, you know, because I'm bougie like that. Let me stop. I'll let me. I'll follow you back. Just send me a note saying, hey, I heard the podcast and I'll show you some love. You know what I'm saying? And at Union in DC. So that's U N I O N I N N D C. That's the Instagram page for our in. Uh, about to upload some pictures there so you can, you know, like, especially the six foot clawfoot tub. And feel free to reach out at innkeeper at unionndc.com. The website, of course, is unionndc.com. But feel free to reach out. Uh, we'd love to have you. And if you're game, to come on the podcast. Because we got plenty more from where it's coming from. And we'd love for you to be a part of the family. I'm rambling. She's laughing. <laughs> on behalf of Yanni3000, I am at Innkeeper Freddy. This has been another beautiful episode of Guestbook Podcast and we will see you next week. Why do I need ID to get ID? I don't know. DC. DC. If I had ID, I wouldn't need ID.